ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. I don't know about you, but I have always loved disappearing into a good book. Somehow those little black squiggles on a white page transport me to places that aren't real, make me fall in love with people who never existed, revel in events that never happened. It leaves me in awe of the author who can conjure all these things for me. But what happens when that author isn't who they made themselves out to be? I'm Tegan Taylor and this is Quick Smart, the show that feeds you big ideas in bite-sized pieces. And this week, we're talking literary fraudsters, authors who reveal the stories they've told us about themselves to be fiction. Why are we so scandalised when this happens? And why is it still so hard to catch an errant author at it? What other hoaxes could be out there? One person who has been turning the pages on these literary mysteries is Sarah Lestrange. Welcome. Hello. Yes, we do love a tall story in Australia, just not when it happens to us. We, we don't <laughs> want to be the subject of a fraud, do we? That's so it. And what, Sarah, what got you started looking into literary hoaxes? There's this really strong tradition of literary frauds and hoaxes in Australia, uh, which goes back to the early days of the colonies, actually. But last year in 2022, Miles Franklin long-listed author, John Hughes, his book The Dogs was on the Miles Franklin long list. And it turned out that fast tracks of this book had been plagiarised. So it got me thinking about this idea of the literary fraud in Australian history. And I was particularly interested in recent-ish literary frauds. And so I created this series for the book show called Fakes and Frauds, looking at um, one book at a time and uncovering step by step what happened with these books. So you've mentioned the dogs there and you've mentioned sort of early literary frauds in the colonies, but are there a couple of ones in the series that you look at that really kind of stand out as (laughs) exemplars of the form? (laughs) Oh my goodness, there was a huge one in the 1990s. So... (laughs) Um, In 1995, Helen Demidenko won the Miles Franklin Literary Award, which is Australia's most prestigious literary award, for her novel, The Hand That Signed the Paper. And it is hailed as the authentic voice of migrant Australia because the author, Helen Demidenko, is said to be from the Ukraine. Her parents are from the Ukraine and they're migrants and they they moved to Australia. But then just a couple of months after she won that award, a Queensland journalist for the Courier-Mail exposed her identity. She was not Helen Demidenko with Ukrainian background. She was Helen Darvel. Her parents had a British background, were British migrants, and all hell broke loose in the literary scene. And I guess what added salt to this wound, not only did she win the Miles Franklin based on this lie about her identity, which she very much prosecuted. So she um, would go on radio interviews talking about how she was bullied for being Ukrainian at school. And she had all of these anecdotes. She would get up on the stage at literary awards wearing sort of Ukrainian peasant costume and do these Ukrainian dances. This is reported a lot. So on top of all of that, the book itself was accused of being 
anti-Semitic because it explores the history of the Ukrainian famine in the 1930s. And the setup for this book, The Hand That Signed the Paper, was that the victims of that famine, those survivors, then went out and prosecuted the Holocaust very forcefully. They were very much involved in the the destruction of um, Jewish communities and lives because of the feeling that the Jewish uh, intelligentsia within the Communist Party had caused this famine. It's a little bit complicated. So you had these layers with this book and it just was massive. You spoke to her about this (laughs) because the thing that I find really fascinating about this is like what motivates someone to perpetrate a hoax like this? Because like, let's be real, not many people are actually getting rich of literature. Like there's something else at play here. And for her, it sounded like she was trying to make a point. Yes, if you can believe that. So (laughs) um, (laughs) Helen, I spoke to Helen Dale, no longer Helen Demidenko, which obviously was a made up um, name and no longer Helen Darvel. So she's changed her name a few times. And Helen Dale says that she set this whole hoax up because she wanted to make a point about who could write these stories. She wanted to show that it didn't matter what your cultural background was, you can still write a good book. Um, She said that she had every intention of entering this book into multicultural awards, but oh dear, just so happened it turned up on the Miles Franklin. Um, (laughs) That's what Helen Dale says now about it, thinking back over these 30 years that have passed. But at the time, Helen said that she was very sorry, that this was the way she writes. So it's really hard to find your way through those two paths. You've got the benefit of hindsight, Helen Dale, 30 years later, and the Helen Demidenko Darvel immediately in the aftermath trying to cover her tracks and sort of apologising to everyone. You know, you've been looking at a bunch of different hoaxes and fraudsters throughout this. Are there any commonalities that you see that motivate someone to try to pull the wool over the public's eyes like this? Yeah, I think it's entitlement and hubris. It's this sense that they have a right to muddy the ethical waters where other people might not, that they're so smart, clever, that, you know, those other rules don't apply to them. You know, we see it in the case of Marlo Morgan, an American, saying that she trekked through the Australian outback with this Indigenous tribe called the Real People and was taught their law. She didn't do this, but (laughs) she (laughs) wanted to get a point across. And so, you know, that line between fact and fiction, ah, it doesn't matter. But it does matter. We have this contract between the reader and writer, and we want to know what is that line between fact and fiction, particularly in this area of writing, which is all about fact and fiction, drawing on elements of truth and lies to get to some authentic truth. We do love a tall story, but we need to know that the the author needs to be honest with us about what that tall story is and where it fits in a continuum. Because otherwise, there are so many ways to be duped, and we know that even more now, where we have fake news. We need to know that authors who, who we think of as deep thinkers are behaving ethically and are not trying to take us for a ride. It is interesting, especially when we're talking about fiction and some of these are memoir and and that sort of thing as well. But 
you are willingly going to a place that you kind of know is not real. But like you say, there is some kind of level of like, you know where the line is between fact and fiction when you're engaging with a book. But in this, in these cases, that line has shifted and you sort of not in on it. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about Norma Curry, her book was a memoir called Forbidden Love about a woman uh, writing about her best friend who was supposedly murdered in an honour killing in Jordan. And I mean, what is left of that book once we discover that all of it was fake is it fiction? Does it become bad fiction? It sort of, it loses all power because we've taken that that category of memoir away from it. We need these categories to be able to move through the world. And even though sometimes they do blur, we still need to have a sense of where we are placed. I guess the other question is, given that we are living now in 2023 and we do have these burgeoning fields of incredibly powerful AI Maybe these are the last literary hoaxes. <laughs> it's very possible that we just won't be able to identify the next ones that will come through. It's also possible that we don't know about other hoaxes. And so you just imagine that there are probably other stories out there where literary editors just don't have the time to chase up on interesting stories that don't quite fit. I wonder how many more there are out there and I wonder how many more are going to come are we going to be able to get to the bottom of the AI novel? What does (laughs) that mean? (laughs) I'm a bit fearful. Maybe it's already out there. Maybe I'm reading it at the moment. (laughs) Uh, It's stranger than fiction. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.